Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast. A Night Shift Radio original. Every week we bring you the good, the bad, the weird, and lesser known streaming movies. Hit subscribe for new episodes every Thursday and Sunday. I I hesitated at the last second, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Uh, it's because I was about to make a joke. Like I've got a computer that's upgrading to the Mac OS beta for, for testing something for work. And I was about to make a joke like, oh, I don't want to clap too hard and disturb it. But then <laughs> frighten my, it. My yeah, frighten it and then like the upgrade fails or something like that. It's one of those things where like this the slightest movement will, will ruin <laughs> everything. Um it'll startle them. But then as I went to clap, my brain sent the signal like, no, like clap quietly. <laughs> <laughs> like You're as like, wait, I was no, doing it, I was like, on. I did not need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> the Mac OS beta startled easily, but they'll come back and lodge a number. I mean I've I've had experiences like that in the past so like really it's more of like a, a trauma reaction than it is like an actual like absurdity but it's also yeah. an absurdity um I, i've had hard drives like that though where like yeah. uh, i had a really beat up hard drive that used to like make the like revving you know it was like one of the the like old sata drives like the disk drive ones and it would be like zzz, yeah. and it would really start spinning it up and i'm like okay don't touch anything until the kill comes down because oh. it's definitely going to mess something up and i'm going to lose you know like 10 years of pictures or something uh-huh one of my all-time favorite interactions from when i worked at that particular uh fruit flavored technical store uh was the guy who came in for Easily his fourth, if not more, uh, hard drive replacement. It was just like absolutely oh, furious that these hard drives were such garbage. And I find like I like when they get to me, I ask them the dumb questions because I like to rule out the dumb things first because otherwise, sure. like I like waste a lot of time looking for like a quote unquote technical solution when it was something stupid all along. Right. <clears throat> and so I asked the man who was furious about his fourth hard drive replacement. I was like. Do you wear any like magnetic jewelry, like a, a bracelet with like a magnet in it, or like do you have like you know like a money clip in your your wallet or something like that? Is a, a like a strong magnet? It's like no. Wait a second. He pulls out his wallet that has a like massively strong magnet in it. And I was like, oh, so don't geez. put your computer on your lap, and we won't have to replace your hard drive again. <laughs> oh my god, that is too funny. <laughs> 
Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> he walked out Magnets. with his head. How do they work? Head hung in shame after <laughs> like coming in so fiery. It's <laughs> like, oh. Uh, like, trust me when I say it gives me no joy uh, that I'm going to admit to you uh, to to point out how stupid the solution was. Uh, it actually gives me a lot of joy in reality. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least he didn't come back gun-toting for revenge. Yeah. Uh, and that being said, hello and welcome to the Never Heard of a Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fight, And I'm Caleb, and I want revenge Hi, on you <laughs> for this. Okay. So, two things in my defense, and then a third, I should have seen this coming. One, the name of the movie is Nude Nuns with Big Guns. How can you go wrong? It's How like, could you go wrong? That's such a promising title. It's, I mean, the, the title, like... The title tells us that this movie is going to have it all. There's going to be uh, sex. There's going to be drugs. There's going to be a lot yeah. of violence, some weirdly placed country music, uh, <laughs> really everything, except women in the writer's room. Yeah. Uh, you know, so so we're, we're kicking off Sexy September after uh, Shark Girl Summer. Shark and, Girl uh, Summer. <laughs> some sexy sharks last month. And, uh, you know... It really came down to the title, right? Mm -hmm, New mm -hmm. nuns with big guns. I was like, y yeah, right. Like naked nuns gunning down, uh, you know, the the uh, drug runners in in Mexico, and it's like, yeah, Wait, like why would I not want to watch that? Yeah, I mean, if I were to say to you, all right, so there's this nun. She's part of a, a drug ring that's being run a, by a partnership between the Catholic Church and a local biker gang. And they're using nuns to like sort and like pack the drugs and like help mule them and whatnot. And one of them breaks free and goes on a killing spree to get revenge. You would say, absolutely, you son of a bitch, I'm in. I mean, that's basically the plot of like Kill Bill. Like, yeah. you know, a woman gets revenge on all the people who wronged her. And it's like, yeah, I'm here for that. And like, who right? doesn't love a good revenge flick? Like, yeah. yeah. Then who who doesn't love a, a good like sex and guns and biker gangs and like what have you? Like again, on paper, this movie has everything except women in the writers' room. Uh, yeah. Because the actual execution of this movie was complete trash. It, it was like somebody watched all of Quentin Tarantino's movies and was like. I also hate women. Hang on. I can do this too. This is so easy. You know, like that is a very accurate. Very Cause this apt is, this is literally, even though Robert Rodriguez did from dust till dawn, this is literally the plot of every Quentin Tarantino movie. That's not about hating black people. Yeah. That it's just like, aha, woman gets revenge. See, I'm so empowering. But then the woman is just like, terrible yeah like not realistic in any way whatsoever it's like joss whedon and quentin tarantino got together Oof. and made this movie Woof. <laughs> it's uh, like see it's empowering because the woman is the one getting the revenge duh <laughs> also we're gonna make her a hypersexual lesbian and uh, uh yeah. But, oh, yeah but totally woman getting revenge see it's feminist yeah, yeah. and it's like well, okay calm I'm, down <laughs> i'm searching for the lion i can't find it um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like overall vibe, like full on grindhouse has got that like real gritty, grainy, uh, the the shithole country filter on it on everything. Oh, yeah. So everything's like yep. sepia yellow, and there's like uh, like things take place in the desert for no fucking reason whatsoever, just to show you that they're in the desert, and like this is a harsh environment where you got to do what it takes to get by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. It, <sighs> 
I mean, they're the the idea of this movie. This is another one of those movies that, like, on paper, with the right director, with a, a, a female console, this could have been a really badass revenge movie, oh, yeah. right? Absolutely. But in, instead, they at every turn do everything they can to to basically like knock women down mm-hmm. but then they keep putting the woman in in the charge like being like feeling like it makes up for it like this definitely is like I feel like the person who made this uh it's um uh I got to look at his name again uh, uh, Joseph, Guzman. Uh, Joseph Guzman definitely looked at this and was like no like this is a woman empowering movie but I'm going to rape every single woman that ever appears on screen mm-hmm. and the rest of them will be naked but it's totally woman empowering and it's like it's not like, like there's uh, a difference I described this film to Ellen and she's like, yeah, that definitely sounds like no women were actually involved whatsoever. I was like, look, I have known plenty of women who would be super into the concept of a movie called Nude Nuns with Big Guns. Uh, yeah. That's not the issue. The issue is absolutely in the execution. So here's your content warnings, people. If the name oh, wasn't enough to uh, to tell you what to expect, uh, there is a significant amount of full frontal nudity, uh, male and female. There is a lot of violence, uh, including a scene where someone gets his dick shot clean off and has time to hold it in like, a look of terror and really process that moment before taking two in the forehead, uh, bullets yeah. that is. Um multiple scenes of rape uh it just it like language uh racism this this movie really yep. does have everything except it really women does in <laughs> except yeah except any sort of women consult uh whatsoever <laughs> um yeah like uh, so there was uh, seven producers for this movie, and as far as I can tell, um, there was not a single uh, female among them. So seven producers, uh, two writers, and one director. The writer and director and producer um, is uh, Guzman, who was uh, in all three of those roles, but still, mm-hmm. that's what, uh, nine, uh, 11 people? That it went through and all of which were were guys. Yeah. So yeah, like you can tell, you know, listen, like make your movies, man, right? But mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. at some point, if you're gonna have a female front character, you should have somebody that represent if you have anybody that's not you as a main character or as a st- driving story report, you should have somebody that represents that somewhere involved in your process that's at the all. thing the, the number of times i've heard someone from an underrepresented or historically oppressed group talk about how like the sheer difference from having like absolutely no one uh who understands and like represents their their culture or their life uh in writing versus having someone that does like a night and day difference for so like representation isn't just seeing yourself on screen it's seeing yourself in believable and like plausible or at least like relatable in some way roles uh so like like you said yeah make your movies but like be better and like yeah this isn't like some mid-century thing where you could say oh it was a different time even though that's a bullshit excuse but like yep. you still like this isn't like a 60s western or something like that like this was 2010 this was 12 years ago and like like, there really it, wasn't any excuse for it. 
I, you know, even though it's not entirely like a uh, revenge story, the movie Atomic Blonde, which came out in 2017 with Charlize Theron, mm-hmm. was a really, really good movie. And that is like, I mean, it is kind of a woman gets revenge, but not for the same sort of reasons. But that was a really fantastic movie that had, um, uh, I think, like six female producers, even though the directors and writers were all male. But Charlize Theron was one of the producers and she's the main character. She yeah. is the Atomic Blonde. And it's another one of those films you can tell, like the way she carries herself, the way it acts, it feels realistic. Atomic Blonde was basically uh, John Wick, but female, but never took off, even though it should. Like Atomic Blonde should be getting five sequels just as well as as John Wick, because it was a fantastic done movie. It was very, very well done. Um, I just realized... Because I was thinking about another movie that I watched part of a long time ago and immediately like walked away from and will never watch again. Uh, the original I spit on your grave. That was, yeah, uh, that was that's a, a brutal movie. Brutal, brutal movie. Um, nineteen seventy eight, I think, is when that one first released. Uh, they, they remade that movie at basically the exact same time that <laughs> Nude Nuns was being made. It was released in twenty ten. Oh, geez. So and, I don't know if maybe they heard and. Tried to do, I mean, because it is basically the same as like a woman it's, is sexual assaulted and then gets revenge. But I Spit on Your Grave is a brutal movie, but it's great. It is, I mean, it's brutal, but it's it's a very like personalized story. Yeah. Uh, which is another reason why I couldn't watch it because that kind of like really personal level violence doesn't sit well with me. Uh, yeah. Regardless of the, the subject matter. But yeah, like very same idea. So, you know, we have you know, the, this drug run. Uh, drug racket, whatever that's being like, we don't ever really get it. And this is another thing that, that drives me nuts. We don't get a clear sense of who's in charge of this. Is it the, the Cardinal from the Catholic church that's running things? Or is it Chavo of the, the, um, Los Muertos or whatever the, the biker gang is called, uh, like someone else entirely, like who's actually like, who reports to who, who's doing what? Like it's, it's really unclear, um, but we have this this one nun. She's on uh, a delivery where, again, they, they drive a bus to the middle of the fucking desert to meet with a couple of bikers who have been sitting there for who knows how the fuck long, just just right. sitting on their bikes in the middle of the desert. Like, we're literally, like, not even a road. They're just, like, straight across the hard pack. Uh, <laughs> like, in and out, like a beat-up old school bus, church bus, prison bus, whatever. Uh, and we have this cliche moment where they're making the drop off of the drugs and, you know, the, the priests get the money and they, they drop off suitcase of the drugs, suitcases of the drugs and the, uh, the, the bikers open the suitcases to check the goods, you know, make sure it's, it's all there. And of course, of course, someone in this group is going to be stupid enough to think that they can just hold on to one of those and no one's going to notice, uh, which is lazy writing because that wouldn't it is. fucking happen. If it Especially because they're all nuns. Yeah. Like under duress, like they're not going to be like, I'm going to make a quick buck. Like mm-hmm. that's not like that's not in the character of this these people. Yeah. Like they're they're like under like they're under the gun literally. Well, and they're they're also being like heavily drugged on a regular basis to keep them compliant and keep them addicted. So like right, like not even formulating a grand plan. Uh, but so, you know, Chavo, of course, to, to prove that he's in charge, which again, we don't know for sure. Like this opening scene implies, but later on, like who the fuck knows 
he gets on and he questions him all. He's like, did you take my drugs? And he does this, the accent. I don't know if this guy is Latino or not, but he does a very stereotypical uh, Latino gang accent. Um, regardless, like all of the bikers do pretty much. Uh, he's uh, El Salvadorian, okay, uh, but so. he's German, Irish, and El Salvadorian, according to his IMDb profile. And so, like, his accent is is fair use, for sure, but, like, I, it's unclear if it's real uh, still, one way or the other. Uh, it sounds fake. Yeah. Uh, but that even isn't even the point. But he's uh, he's got his gun to their head. He's like, tell me, who, you know, did you steal my drugs? Tell me, I won't hurt you. And they're like, no. So he shoots it. He moves on to the next one, does the same thing. Like, all right, we get it. You apparently have enough uh, free labor that you can just shoot whoever you want. Uh, you know that shit's not going to fly in twelve years when no one wants to work anymore, buddy. So like, yeah, right. Hey, hey you know, cultivate loyal employees now while you can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they'll be quiet quitting. Yeah, uh, and even <laughs> all those biker gangs will be quiet quitting. And of course, our our uh, main character, uh, who is Sister Sarah, uh, thinks that she can quiet quit with with a whole ass bag of coke. Uh, and yeah. she gets caught and tries to escape. And instead of killing her, they bait her around a bit, and then the uh, the priests give her to the bikers as like I go free your trouble. And of course, they they brutalize her, they assault her, they stick her in a, a, a strip club and make her like dance and they like shoot or no, not even a strip club. This they, they stick her in it's a brothel. A full-on brothel. Yeah. yeah. So there's a so there's a couple of strip clubs that they frequent, the the titty flicker yeah. and the uh uh the cherry popper. Uh very inventive <laughs> names. Very. I mean titty flicker, like maybe you could convince me to go to it, but if someone was like, Yeah, it's a strip club called Cherry Popper, I was like, I will never go to that place. Absolutely not. Like that is the grossest name. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, Titty Flicker, maybe. maybe. Maybe I'd go there. <laughs> yeah, they, they stick her in this brothel and, like, keep her drugged up, like, at all times, like, heavily, heavily drugged. Yeah. And you want to, like, the like enforcer priest shows up and, like, drops a few hundred extra to, to sleaze on the nun. And he assaults her. And we, we get to see that happen, which is fucking not cool uh yeah and, and it's both physical and sexual at this point yeah and of course chavo comes in and rescues her by beating the shit out of the guy fucking negan style with a baseball bat uh <laughs> again brutal brutal movie but the um, but the bat is clean after he does it yeah there's no. only like two spots of red on it total and somehow the priest's head is like the skull is intact even though he took several very hard hits directly to oh, it yeah. uh but there's the you know, an old man who's kind of like they they keep calling him witch doctor but like he's i guess basically just responsible for keeping the girls alive uh, and I mean that in the loosest sense of the, the term. And yeah. he's tasked with with taking care of her and like seeing like either disposing of her body because I think they think she's dead, or like seeing to her recovery one way or the other. Chavo doesn't really care. Yeah, and you know what's really interesting about this is we see that you know this is the moment that spurns everything, and and the witch doctor takes her back to his place. You know he you know basically gets her back up and running. I would assume he gives her some sort of Narcan or something like that Seems to like, like it. yeah to like snap her out of it. And you know she has the moment of like God spoke to me, you know, and he said that I need to go and seek out his revenge. Which I will say I did actually really like this specific scene mm -hmm. um, because I thought. This this was badass, but like in comparison to the rest of the stuff that happens in the movie, like I can't even like it as much as I should because the rest of the movie is so offensive. So 
she's you know she's laying in bed and she's finally waking up and he's like yeah like you know and he even says like i'm you know i may be a lot of things but i'm no murderer and that's when he rescues her and brings mm-hmm. her back you know and he's supposed to you know charged with getting her back up and running and she says like you know god spoke to me and he said you know you need to seek revenge you know and with no mercy and she you know eventually he he gives her guns to be like here go do revenge and she's like yes but without mercy and pulls the gun out and shoots him which i thought was great because that that. is you hated it see i I liked it because i was like okay she's just gonna kill everybody that was responsible because he still was the one pumping her full of drugs it wasn't like he was a good guy like yeah he rescued her in this moment but he's still a bad guy i don't necessarily think that it was a wrong choice for the the film i still hated it and i specifically hated the way she did it because it wasn't just like I got free, now I'm going to start like taking my revenge, and I'm starting with you because I know you're part of it. <clears throat> she explicitly says, God told me to show no mercy, even on those who have shown me mercy. Oh, which, yeah. like, right off the bat, you've just completely discredited yourself. If you're saying that this is a mission from God, the idea, like, show no mercy to those who have shown you mercy, like, that, like, that the doesn't... The wrath of God. That just doesn't work. <laughs> Uh, now the idea like show no mercy period. Okay. And the idea that like, yes, he's part of it and I'm going to start with him. Okay. But that line specifically killed that entire scene. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting. I, I, uh, I can see what you mean, you know, when you put it that way, because it's like, it is contradictory. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 I do like that she killed it because I, I think, you know, this is a story of brutal. This could be a story of good, brutal revenge, but it's handled very poorly. Because the problem is, is after this moment, for the rest of the film, she's not very like, you did this to me. She's very much like, hey, pew, pew, look at my boobs. Now I'm going to shoot you. And it yep. feels very like sexualized and not revengey. It's really weird. And that's where, you know, as you said in the beginning, like it's clear no woman was involved in this well, at she's, all. She's super sloppy about it too. So we see her, she shows up at one of the like, church drug production facilities and she um, basically just like comes in guns blazing, kills everyone except like the father Bernardo, whatever, who's in charge of this. And he's the one that we see initially like running the bus. Yeah. Uh, group. Uh, and she kills everyone except Father Bernardo and one nun. Uh, and like she, she walks up to Father Bernardo and like, you know, whispers something in his ear. He gives her a name and she kills him anyway. Like he, he pulls a gun on her and she fucking sign of the crosses him, which I think that was badass. That was really <laughs> like, badass. Later yeah. on, when the other nun is describing it, she's like, she, she shot him in the forehead and then the sternum and then the shoulder and the other shoulder, the sign of the cross. I was like, more of that, please. Yeah. Like, that's the boondock saying shit. Like, <laughs> right. hell that's, yes. That's where we should be at with this. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, she kills, like, most of the other nuns for, like, no apparent reason. This one, she sees alive on the way out and, like, is nice to her. And apparently, like, we learned that, like, maybe they were lovers before they got caught and got separated and, like, pulled into this drug ring or something like that. We'd, like, again, like, her... Her backstory is as muddy as the actual story. Like, we see at one point when she joins the convent, but we don't know, like, who she was before or why or, like, why this particular convent or, like, how it could have gone so horribly wrong that the convent she joined was a a drug racket. 
we learn that like what like as a nun she has this affair with one of the other nuns who later ends up being this one that she doesn't kill and they kind of get back together but i think that like that like you said earlier feels like it's only so that they could make her a lesbian just so you know so like she could be a lesbian like what if we had lesbians in the movie yeah, right. Yeah, you know, I'll be honest, it even is very unclear if these people are actually nuns or just people they've picked up. And because there even is a moment where he's like, dress her like a nun. Yeah. You know, and like, she does this. So like, it's even unclear if she is actually uh, a nun or if they just are like picking up women and putting them in this nunnery as like an alibi. Mm -hmm. So like, that's the other thing is like, it's not even, it's not even like state, like, you know, a little bit of backstory of her, like getting into the nunnery, this biker gang taking over would have gone miles for this story. And I think may even have, have added some like, okay, now I understand why she's so upset. Like I get why she's so upset because of what happened to her. But like, the whole nun theme feels like it's just like, I don't know, new nuns. That seems cool. Yeah. You know, instead of like nuns, but they're, they're nude because they're doing the drug thing and they're being forced and their biker gang took over their convent. Like, oh, gotcha. Like I'm seeing the progression of how this happened. Now I'm more mad yeah. because of how it happened. But now I'm like, uh, are you, I mean, like, why though? There were a number of absolute bullshit scenes that could have been taken out and like left room for us to have actual plot in this film and still kept the hour and a half runtime. Uh, like, for example, the scene where the uh, uh, sister, I think it's, is it Sister Angelina? I think is her friend, her, her lover. It's her friend, yeah. Uh, she goes and like, does reconnaissance on Carlito's church, which is like Carlito is the name that uh, Bernardo gives up. And like, she goes and like, she tells him the whole story of what happened in the the confessional booth. And like, that's where we get the scene about the the sign of the cross shooting. But then she just kind of like secretly slips out. Like it, like it was built up as though she's going to be the one to take out Carlito and like his, his people. But like, she just leaves. And then later on, Sarah comes back and kills them all, which, Okay, so, like, you just fucking wasted time there. We have the scene where the completely unconnected random family pulls up to Chavo's, like, front, where he is, like, a, a quote-unquote service station that's right? just their drug front. Uh, and he shoots the dad, and they just, like, rape both the mom and daughter, and then we just never see any of them ever again. They're, like, total throwaway characters with absolutely no reason to be on screen, much less to be brutally assaulted on screen in front of us. And that seems like 15, 20 minutes long, man. That was it's like that absurd. was like an eighth of the movie. And I was like, okay, the daughter, like Sister Sarah's gonna uh, rescue the daughter, maybe? Or like but she th- this is playing into that. But she doesn't. She doesn't even see them. We never see them again. And they spent so much time on that scene. It was like, was this to fill time? Was this to show like how brutal Chavo is? But like we saw how brutal Chavo is. So like this isn't right. Because this is also like 45 minutes into the movie. This isn't the beginning of the movie. Like this is towards the end of the movie that this happens. So you're like, I don't like, what was the point of that? Like, it was just like, Hey, we didn't have enough sexual assault scenes. Let's add another one. Yeah. Oh, let's make it in front of a kid too. Yeah. And it was like, what and the fuck, let's, man? Let's make sure that we also like strip her and assault her and like ha- yeah. pa- pass her around. Oh god. They, so like the I think the other scene that I just like absolutely couldn't fucking stand that like made no sense for the film is after Sarah does go back and kill Carlito and the other priest there. 
uh, and you know, leaves the nun who took a vow of silence, leaves her alive. Like again, she's very sloppy in who she kills and who she leaves alive. Uh, yeah. She had no problem killing the nuns at Bernardo's place. Uh, but after the, she, so she takes a, a bullet to like the side of her abdomen. So like not a lethal yeah, the, wound, but like the priest one, like goes to shoot and then she shoots him, but she still gets a bullet. Yeah, yeah. like not not a lethal wound, but like one that's going to hurt and one that's going to bleed a lot. And instead of going to anywhere where she can get medical care or going like back home, then like regrouping and like letting Angelina take care of her or anything like that, she finds the seediest hotel in the middle of the fucking desert uh, that is very clearly a, an abandoned location that they, they scouted and uh, probably didn't pay for. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Basically just so that she could uh, interrupt uh, more lesbian sex from the proprietor and her lover uh, and have a scene where she stands naked in the shower just bleeding out. Instead of attending, <laughs> literally just bleeding. Instead of attending to her wound. So again, like, listen, people. If you've listened to the show long enough, uh, you probably know that neither Michael or I has any problem whatsoever with the concept of gratuitous nudity. But there is a certain point where, like, it's so gratuitous that it, li- like, it actually detracts from the film rather than like, you you can't even say like it do- it doesn't add anything. Well, it rarely adds anything. Uh, but it like in some cases actually takes away, and in this case, it took away time that could have been spent on telling us a goddamn story. This would have been such a her in the shower, her like tending to her wound would have been an amazing time for like flashbacks mm-hmm. or like monologue shit. Even if she was just sitting on the floor talking to herself and being like. I joined that convent when I was 12 and I really, this was my, you know, I thought this was my calling or like they kidnapped me and forced me to pretend to be a nun. Like something, go back, something. Go back to where you're staying. Let Angelina, your your lover that you recently like rescued from the, the evil drug runners, let her right. help you out. Let her take care of you. Do your exposition dump. Yeah. Like, tell her the story. Like, you know, maybe like, you know, Talk to me. Tell me a story, like, to, you know, to get her mind off the, the pain or something like that. Tell me, like, yeah. tell me what your how plan you, is. How did you become a nun? Like, like, where was your, you know, like, something. Give Like, give us anything. Even if it's not backstory, if it's, like, tell us what your actual plan is. And instead, like, we see her just, like, show up places and start shooting. Yeah, and it also, you know, so, like, obviously Chavo was, like, the big boss, right? Like, Chavo was the one in the end that she was meant to kill. But it also didn't feel like... Like, I know we got the whole scene where she dresses as a full white nun, which, first off, where did she get all of this, like, perfectly fitted attire and stuff like that? Like, I get that she goes back to the convent somehow, but, like, I don't know. It felt like, like, where are you getting all of these weapons and all of these things? So, like, I mean, yeah, she had the the badass, like, full white habit, but then, like, also has a Tommy gun. And, like, she's right. got the, the twin pistols that the witch doctor gave her, which those were dope. Uh, sure. But then where she's are you got getting like, the bullets? Yeah. Where are you, where are you getting the ammo? Where did you get, where did you get a Tommy gun? Seriously. <laughs> who has a fucking Tommy gun in 2010? In, in a convent. Well, I guess in these convents, that probably makes sense. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was... Uh, it, it was a moment, let me tell you. Uh, but, yeah, so so once they actually get to Chavo, like, that is the big deal. But it almost feels like... It doesn't even feel like she's like, I did it. I finally did the thing. She was just like, nope, I'm still in the middle of a killing spree, and you're just the one that's the last one we're going to look at. Yeah, so, like, they, the, there's this whole, like, 
manufactured like subterfuge around like okay so we know that she went to the the cd hotel the hotel owner shows up at the titty bar was like oh yeah i had a, a nun at my place last night and it's like i'll like i'll, I'll make Convenient. sure like yeah i'll, I'll make sure I, I hang on to her for you uh and meanwhile uh, Angelina gets caught and they bring her to the, the, the strip club thinking that it, it might be sister Sarah. And they wrote, like, they just throw her in a booth naked to look at, I guess. I sure. don't know. For some uh, reason. It's like, she later on has a shit ton of bruises and, and like black eyes and stuff. So it can be assumed that they assaulted her. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the, uh, Butch, of course, the, the lesbian hotel owner is named Butch, uh, <laughs> Uh, she like corners Sarah and like, I'm going to turn you in. They're coming for you. And Sarah like, it's like, you know, you don't realize that I too like the fairer sex and like start stripping and like they start making out and Butch is like, yeah, this is happening. Uh, and of course it's not happening. Sarah shoots her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the face. In, yeah. In the face. Uh, and then goes to the, the strip club, um, I think at this point, I don't even know if she realizes that Angelina is there or not. She might know that she's going to rescue Angelina. I, I don't think she does. I think she just knows she's going to kill Chavo, and it's kind of like a, oh, what, what are you doing here? Uh, she, she shows up and they're like, <laughs> oh, we had that other here? nun here too. And she's like, God damn it. Um, she's like, oh, right. Oh, yeah. I forgot about her. <laughs> but yeah, so she like just starts kicking down doors and like Tommy gunning down everyone. So you get you know, people fucking, you got like a priest that's like blindfolded and like strung up and being flogged. And like she shoots everyone, including the girls who, as far as we know, are also victims here. Uh, yeah. And then like a couple of them try to attack her and she shoots them. Uh, a couple of the, the the biker game thugs like half-assed try to take her out and die very, very like uh like cartoonish splashless Dude. deaths like the like, yeah uh what are they kickstand <laughs> the the biggest dude on the crew like you think he's gonna be like kind of mini boss style where there's like a little bit of a struggle or like you know he puts yeah. up a fight or something like that no she just like sees him in the hallway shoots him he's gone uh, like every single one of these characters that were built up to be like at least kind of important to the plot just gone one after the other, no fucking ceremony whatsoever until they find, uh, Chavo, uh, who like, he's like in the process of assaulting someone. Of, he's, of assaulting uh, Angelina. Angelina. That's right. Yeah. He's in the process yeah. of assaulting Angelina and yep. they catch him naked. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It doesn't have to be like that. You know, we're good. We're cool. And they're like, oh yeah, we're fine. And that's where they shoot off his dick and again, give him time to process that, which this is the one like super brutal murder in this film that I actually kind of got a kick out of because they let him pick it up off the floor and really think about what he's done before <laughs> each of them put a bullet in his forehead. <laughs> Which is fantastic. And I also, yeah. like, I, like, again, again, the idea, like, only man in the writer's room, like, that is the, like, the worst possible come up against they can think of for this man to have his dick shot off. In fact, like, he even threatens it to a couple of his men for mouthing off uh, making a, a joke that he didn't like. He's like, oh, I mean, be prepared to lose a few inches and like holding a gun to their dicks. And like, this is, this is literally the worst thing that you can think of because there's no one there to say like, you could do better. You could do better. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's, it's really interesting too, because that could have been a really great payoff moment if 
Sister Sarah had witnessed him threatening to shoot off his his guy's dicks, and then that's what she ends up doing because that's sort of like, a, oh, well, you're going to do that. Yeah. You're going to threaten that to people. Like, that's your big, big threat. Like, maybe that's Chavo's thing, you know, is threatening to do that to other men. And so she's like, well, now I'm going to do it to you, and then, of course, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Mm-hmm. But, like, that could have been a really great payoff moment, but because they're separated— it doesn't seem like Sister Sarah does it because she knows, you know, like, I mean, I guess you could make a case that, like, well, he felt all his power was there, but, like, sure, but generically, you know, every dumbass, like, villain bad guy does, too, but yeah. that's so fucking generic. Um, like, but try like, harder. <laughs> y- you kill him 30 seconds afterwards, so, like, when I say they gave him time to think about it, they didn't give him much time, so, like, right. even in that, like, they're, like it... it it didn't feel it, satisfying as a viewer. It doesn't. It feels like an unnecessary punishment. It's like, yeah, but like, you're going to kill him anyway, like, right? Like you're not. You're just going to kill him. Like there's no. There's no retribution in that. It's just senseless. The one, other than uh, Bernardo, who got the sign of the cross, the one who I feel like got the most like appropriate and kind of fun kill uh, was when she choked out Sister Magda with a rosary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I there still was the the one guy that with the shotgun who ended up dropping the shotgun when he dies and he goes full on like Bugs Bunny like oh, 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 and he like falls over cartoonishly I was like what is it like did, did all of a sudden like they just hire some cartoon to be this guy like it was the craziest death scene in this very serious like five seconds earlier seeing sexual assault and like major abuse and then seeing this guy be like oh, oh, oh clutching his chest after getting shot like five times i was like where the fuck is your head right now writers yeah. and directors like what are you thinking <laughs> i need to know the one woman at the brothel who felt very much like she was cast as a token Asian uh, who, like, yeah. sees the, like, Sister uh, sister Sarah going through with guns, and she's like, ah, oh, I can take you on, and, like, Sarah just shoots her. Very, like, Indiana Jones uh, fighting the, the uh, guy with the scimitar moment. Right. <laughs> he just shoots him. Uh, but, yeah, like, just all of, like, none of this made any sense. Like, first of all, first of all, listen. Guns don't necessarily sound exactly like they do in movies and TV. Like, we've covered that before. But that said, still loud as shit. And you're not walking through a small building like that, killing people repeatedly without raising some sort of alarm. Every person she encounters is surprised to see her. And no one's fucking that loud. Like, these people, they're they're loudly fucking. But no one is fucking that loud that they're not going to hear the gunshots in the next room over. Uh, Yeah, some, like, just outside the door, you know? Like, especially the priest one, she kills, like, four people outside of the door where him and and the woman is flogging him, Mm -hmm. and they open the door, and they're like, what? What? And it's like, dude, we just shot shotguns outside of your, like, there is nothing but a door in this very beat-up, rickety building. Like, you sure as hell heard all of that gunfire and wasn't like... Ah, someone's making popcorn or something. We'll be fine. <laughs> someone's, like, making pop- someone's making popcorn. Someone's making popcorn. All right. Yeah, like you definitely knew something bad was happening. Like even if you didn't think it was gunfire, which I would assume you would, because you're rolling with this biker gang that all carries guns and shoots people. Like you still would be like, "Hey, 
that was a very loud bang. Mm-hmm. Something is wrong. I should go see whether, you know, it sounded like somebody sets off fireworks or something. I This movie, what could have been a really fun, gratuitous, you know, like grindhouse slaughter film turned into like this really weird, like almost glorifying sexual assault film. Mm-hmm. Like, because they did it every chance they got. Like, every... I think... I don't think there's a single woman, aside from maybe the old nun, who doesn't get sexual assaulted or is shown naked in this whole movie. I I don't think there's a single woman. I think at one point she even gets, like, threatened with it. Like, so I don't think even... I mean, a few times, yeah. I don't think, like, even she really, like, gets away, like, unharmed entirely. I mean, other than being choked out with a fucking rosary. Yeah. yeah, just this this is an hour and a half long like revenge action film. This should have fucking flown. This was a slog to get through. Oh man. Well, a lot of the it, it, everything was front packed and and back loaded. So like there was a whole middle section where it was like we could have gotten reasons for revenge. We could have gotten training montages, uh, gun building up montages. We could have gotten backstory, but instead they filled it with all this unnecessary bullshit. And we had all of our action, let's say, Mm -hmm. you know, all of our like shit's happening things in the beginning. And then the very last scene of revenge. And then this middle, like this almost like, like top of the third act, like bottom of the second, like weird schlog of like, ah, eh, let's throw in some random family again. Like, yeah, you could have been doing something. You could have been making your main character more important. You could have been making Chavo even more yeah, sadistic so by something else. Like you could have given him a backstory of like, Hey, like I rose up from this gang. Like, I don't know. Like you could have given someone a backstory. I used to be a priest and that's how I had my in with the church. Like right. any number, like you could have like give it take pick a character pick one single character in this movie and make them matter yeah absolutely at all that's the thing like they wasted so much time just giving us unnecessary like senseless violence and sexual assault when it could have been you know hi like this is why this person is so mad or this is why this person is so fucked up and the other thing is is we get the inkling of like a larger conspiracy theory with the church and we see that it rises up to like bishops like this isn't just like this local church is overrun by bikers like we're talking the entire like a large catholic church like a whole region you know like counties worth like country worth of people involved in this and like Half of those bishops that we see, like, there's no chain to get to them. Like, like sister, even Sister Sarah's link to Chavo only really spurns off one very specific instance with mm-hmm. her yeah. that we see. So, like, there isn't even, like, a, I'm doing this for my convent. I'm trying to free my people. I'm doing this because of years of abuse. It is literally just, like, this one time this thing happened and now I'm going to go kill you. But, like even though I know that there's this larger conspiracy, I'm going to kill even the other nuns along the way that are literally in the same place as I am right now. Like literally. Yeah. So like, I, I think, you know, to your point about that one line, like even those who have shown mercy on me, it's like, man, I get you want to do this like brutal female revenge story, but like it feels you know, senseless and not in the fun, senseless way. It feels like, like, what are we even doing? Yeah. And like, there's an implication at the end where like the bishop or cardinal or whatever, like sends some 
priest assassin out to to get her. But like, so it's like implying that there's going to be a sequel, which like this uh, director writer has done nothing since 2011s, and I fucking hope that like we never see another installment in this franchise. But like. And that implies that, like, he recognized that there was potentially more story to tell and just chose not to. Uh, I also want to point out that, like, something that bothered me during the film uh, must have bothered someone else at least, too, because it made it to the the factual errors section on IMDb. Uh, there's a number of references to um, nuns going back to their monastery or coming from their monastery. Uh, nuns live and work in convents. Monasteries are for monks. And yeah, this is words matter, people. <laughs> it's like, do like get the most basic details of your story right. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, because even more to your point, this this director did another movie called Run, Bitch, Run, um, which he did shortly after this, which is about two Catholic schoolgirls. So, like, you you clearly have some sort of kink for for Catholic schoolgirls and things like that, but like you don't even know that they come from a convent and not a monastery. Like, my dude, at least flesh out your kink better. Yeah. Like, get in that community or something. Like, you are missing like key details of what you were writing about. Splattering of blood, hookers, bongs, thieves, nuns, shotguns, and sexy Catholic high school girls in trouble. Is the uh, the the pull quote on the cover of Run Bitch Run? Uh, pass. Oh, okay. Pass. Yeah, that sounds like uh, same sort of film as uh, the one we just sort of watched, it, where it's it just really senseless. Does. Yeah. Uh, at least female at, assault. At least this one has the tagline: "This sister is one bad mother." <laughs> like, that's good. That's <laughs> that is good. that's schlock, but that's good. Yeah, I mean, that's another one that, like, you know, two Catholic schoolgirls going door-to-door, maybe, like, you know, maybe brutally murdering people and then end up getting murdered themselves. Like, that, fine, I'll take I'll take that. But, like, you know it's going to be chock-full of, like, how can we make these women as just terrible as possible? And Like, like that's the unfortunate part. How can we get away with assaulting high school girls as, as frequently as possible, I'm sure, is also in that movie, which I choose to never watch and find out. Uh, we will not be picking that movie, no. so we'll be good. We, we know better now from this uh, director, so that will not be a thing. Yes. Yeah, I so I think if we were to to rewrite this movie, I think the title Nude Nuns with Big Guns is great. I think it's a really great title. It implies a really cool idea. It, See, like to it me It grabs you for sure. <laughs> to me, when I hear that, I'm like, oh, okay, so it's a convent that resorts to mercenary style violence to run out a bunch of drug runners in their town, right? Sure. Like, that's yeah. the story I was like, yeah, great. So it's a bunch of nuns. Why are they naked? I, maybe they're like, we can't get blood on our habits. I don't know. Give it some stupid reason or, why they end up having to be naked, for sure. Or the nuns are the drug runners. But, like, right. they're in charge of the shit. Like, right. And they're um, running out a, a rival biker gang. Like, yeah. fine. I'm okay with that, too. That's also an okay story. Like, like both that of is those a cool would be Actually, great. that's a really cool story. <laughs> These, <laughs> the nuns are the bad guys and they're trying to run the biker gang off their turf. <laughs> oh, my God. But like, there's even that, like, super cartoonish moment where, like, I think as Chavo is like, you know, that we are the bad guys, right? Right. Like, yes, we get it. We know that you're the bad guys. 
Right. Like we don't think you think you're the good guy. Like we, we understand, you know, your place (laughs) in this movie. Uh, They call this a comedy on IMDb. Action comedy thriller. This was not a funny movie at all. Uh, and this was, uh, I mean, I guess thriller in the technical sense. But yeah, there's <laughs> the there's like, there was like one scene that was funny and it was that guy's death. And that I definitely guarantee was not intended to be funny. No. That was just bad acting. Or, or it was intended to be funny and it was acted so badly that it was just a different kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, right. It was funny that it was so bad and not because he, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So this is another one of those, like, should you watch this movie? No. No, No, I can't recommend this movie. I can recommend the movie that we just came up with. Yes. Uh, That movie should be written and made. Uh, But this movie, no. I I feel like there's so many better revenge films out there that even have those sort of gratuitous moments that, like, aren't just in the the throes of sexual assault. Like, I feel like there are better moments, uh, better movies out there like this. Kill Bill is a better revenge movie than this, and Tarantino's terrible. Machine Girl was a better revenge movie Machine Girl's a much... I mean, that is basically this. Like, it is a much better version of this. Machine Girl, Atomic Blonde, Peppermint. Yeah. Like, there are better movies like this. Oh, uh, no, wait, no, just kidding. God, I forgot that movie exists. That was like Avengers and Game of Death, but if like somebody who had never seen either wrote them. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I will never forget that movie because it haunts me. Uh, and yeah. I, I will never allow you to forget it for making me watch it. <laughs> I regret nothing. This one I kind of, I, I do regret yeah. this one. Well, yeah, this again, one. like... You had watched this before, presumably like twelve years ago, and the God. like the concept stayed with you as like, well, this was a great concept. I remember can- the beginning of the movie with the nuns on the bus, and then I remember her running around gunning people. I don't remember any of the sexual assault. I mean, aside from the first one, I don't remember the rest of the sexual assault. I just remember her running around killing people, and I was like, that's dope. Yeah, like when like just just by the name and like that basic premise, absolutely, it was sold. But no. No, absolutely not. Uh, I think we've got some much better uh, lined up for the the remainder of Sexy September. I know for a fact that we've got one really good one that I've been I, like, I've been sitting on for years, just waiting for the right opportunity to spring it. And, uh, yeah, I, so our that's coming up soon. But our next one uh, is going to be another is going to be a good example of gratuitous uh, uh, stuff, and that is uh, cannibal women in the avocado jungle of death, which <laughs> is another one of those like you hear the title of that movie and you're like, well, why would I not want to watch that movie? Yeah, like <laughs> cannibal women in the avocado jungle of death. This one uh, from 1989 and clocking in at a PG-13. So I'm expecting it will be uh, gratuitously, gratuitously wild, but like not overly violent or sexual. Uh, so this one, I, I actually, when we were talking earlier, I, I mistakenly thought this was another Andy Sedaris film, which is from our episode Hard Ticket to Hawaii, ah, which is another yes. one like... You know, the in the middle after the action, the woman will be like, "Oh, it's so hot," and then like take her shirt off, and then you're like, "But why?" And then like <laughs> the next scene, they're in a restaurant, and you're like, "Oh, th- that was weird, but yes. okay." Like I feel like this movie is going to be another movie like that, where it's going to be like, "Well, I'm just going to randomly take a shower now, and you're coming with me," and it's going to yeah. be like, "But why? Like, aren't you in the middle of like a battle?" <laughs> it's got Bill <laughs> but, Maher. Okay. In it. 
Uh, it's got Bill Maher in it. All right. And uh, the writer, writer, director. Uh, yeah, writer, director, J.F. Lawton. Uh, attached to, he was a writer for Pretty Women and Under Siege and Chain Reaction. Like, Dang. Has some pretty intense writing credits. So, take away uh, so, from that what you will. Yeah, so that one's coming up. So, again, New Nuns with Big Guns. It's available on Tubi, but honestly, don't. Don't. Maybe don't. Uh, I think that's the advice we got to give for this one. And like, if you already watched it, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, like, uh, I'm sorry we couldn't trigger warning you in advance. But, uh, but yeah, but uh, uh, Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death is another one of those uh, on Tubi films. So definitely check that out if you're the type of person that watches the movies before we review them. Dude. Yeah. J.F. Lawton was a writer for the VIP video game, which, if you're unfamiliar with VIP, was uh, Pamela Anderson's Valerie Irons Protection. Uh, very, God, very short-lived great. show. Uh, and apparently they made a video game. <laughs> that is... Spe- what kid was like, Mom, I need you to buy me the VIP game? I need- you know, like, obviously no kid was doing that. It was meant for adults. But still, like, I just think it's funny. The kid's like... Oh, okay, so there's what, like SSX Tricky? Okay, cool. Tony Hawk, great. VIP? Hell yeah. yeah. Like, I want that, that game. I gotta get that, that Pamela Anderson game for my CD, CD-ROM because <laughs> it was 2001. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, God. That is spectacular. Uh, oh, uh, she's <laughs> not even in it. <laughs> she, they couldn't even oh, get Pam for it. They couldn't even get Pam Anderson. Oh, boy. <laughs> So there you have it, everyone. Uh, VIP is out on CD-ROM. Or I mean, New Nuns <laughs> is available. Don't watch it. Uh, but do uh, you know? hit that subscribe button or follow whatever it is that you do on your podcast player of choice. And of course, as always, make sure to share with 100,000 of your closest nun friends. And while you're at it, tell them about not watching this movie. Yeah. I mean, they shouldn't be watching this movie anyways, but yeah. Tell your penguin friends as they're referred to. If you're, if you're really friends, you will tell them not to watch this movie. You would tell them not to watch this movie. <laughs> uh, so thanks a lot for joining us, everyone, and we will see you next time. Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle-earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S-T-O-L-K-I-E-N, and Instagram, at Tipples and Tolkien. So cozy up. Pour yourself a drink. And come on a journey with us this fall on Tipples and Tolkien.